And so, man, I'm thankful to, to be here. I just want to share a, a short word that actually yesterday I saw the, the video testimonials. And uh, Johnny's uh, stuck out to me because of the word calling. He, he just, he recognized that that was this ongoing theme. And it was already what God had, had given me to, to talk about this morning. So I thought it was so appropriate that God would do this. Just a confirmation of what God wanted me to share. And I, I really want to tell you my testimony by just talking about these four meanings of the word calling. Just the four meanings of the word calling and, and just share my testimony a little bit. My testimony started kind of similar to, to where we're at now, uh, sitting in a, a, ch- a church, the local church, but I don't feel like it really took a root and really sprang to life until I encountered Jesus in the mission field and was served. Um, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about that kind of journey I've taken in understanding the calling of God on my life, um, as well as just kind of navigating through a, a few scriptures with us this morning. So when you think about the word calling, and that's one that gets tossed around a lot, but I want to kind of give you four different meanings for it. We're just going to dive in this morning, just um, in in the interest of time. So the first one is like I pick up my phone and I call somebody, right? Just I'm going to make a call. So who are you calling? And for many years, like just part of my story there is I sat in the local church and I felt God calling me and I kept turning on the do not disturb I kept muting it. And isn't that like one of the most offensive things? Like if you were in the same room and you saw someone screen your call, it would infuriate you, wouldn't it? Like, like I'm so offended. You screened my call. Like what's wrong? Uh, hopefully they're just being present with the people that they're with. But that's what I did to God all the time. Like he was calling me. He, I felt he was speaking to me directly. Like you, I, I know you've felt that before. It's like we don't feel that maybe every single day we're like, man, that's exactly God, what God's saying. But some, like, we get these moments where we know God is calling us, and that's the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin or God's drawing in his love and his grace and mercy. And I just kept ignoring. I just kept ignoring. And I, I continued on in my sin. I continued on with my pain. I kept carrying this baggage and pain when God's calling and he's trying to speak to me. And I had that faith enough to believe that he can speak to me and he was speaking to me. But I didn't have faith enough to pick up the phone and be like, okay, what are you, what are you saying to me? I just kept ignoring him. Like, nope, got this figured out. Nope, got it understood. Uh, Romans um, chapter 11, for those of you that have been in Romans study in, in uh, our anchor groups, you, you saw this one. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What God's placed inside of you and his calling and his drawing toward himself, not towards ministry. First calling is to himself and to his goodness and to the salvation. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Like, he's going to keep on calling, right? When someone keeps calling you like three or four times and you keep ignoring it, like at some point you're like, okay, maybe this is serious, Right? And I think in our lives, if we've traced back some of our testimonies, like God kept calling and we kept ignoring and things got worse and the bottom got lower until eventually we're like the prodigal son and we're looking at the slop and like, man, I had an inheritance and now this slop looks delicious. And eventually like we've gotten to this place that we've ignored it so many times that it gets so serious that like maybe this is important. And I'm just telling you, there's nothing more important than listening to the voice of God in your life today and every day for what it means for not just this temporary world, but for eternity. The second, second meaning is, is the, the biggest of all of them, and it, it pre, um, is preceded by 
hearing God's voice, but it's in the response. It's a call to salvation. It's a call that salvation is not in and of ourselves, but it's through the, the gift of God. I told you it's my testimony started here, but the reason I kept muting those calls, ignoring those calls, is because I had a lot of pride in my life. I think pride is the first sin and it will be the last. It, it, was, the, it was the pride we see that, that, uh, that Satan fell from, uh, from heaven. It was pride that he thought he could uh, overthrow God and thought he was better than God. And I believe it'll be the last when every tongue will confess and every knee will bow, the ultimate sign of humility that he is Lord and Savior. Pride's the first sin, it's the last. And so I believe our first place of repentance is is humility in receiving that and understanding, I need to pick this up. I need to pick this up. And and for me, when uh, my first mission trip, and I've been on many since, I was probably 15 years old, and I went to a small village called Leona Vicario, um, Mexico. It's a small village in the Yucatan, and that's where people have like monkeys chained up as pets, and their biggest prized possession is a large pig in their backyard. Like they couldn't wait to come show us their giant, enormous pig. I've never seen one bigger since. Um, and it was, we, we lived in the community. We slept in hammocks with mosquito nets over us for, I didn't shower for like 12 days or something like that. It was brutal. I had like this huge afro, like white boy afro going on. And, um, and, uh, and at the very end, we had stayed in this home, this outdoor home of this, this pastor and his family. And his young daughter, towards the end of the trip, I think the last day of the trip, she brought me over this bracelet that was pink and magenta and turquoise and white. Taryn remembers this bracelet. I, I had it when we, we got married. And, uh, and she gave it to me as a gift. Like this small girl, like here I was, had traveled many miles to be here and to give something. And here I was receiving a gift from the youngest child in the family. And it was really through that act that I understood grace. And I understood the, that it was a gift of God. It, it was not that I could do anything. It was a simple gift. And I would never, and no one in this room would say, no. Like to this girl, it, it, again, it would offend her, especially in, in Latino culture. That, that's a big deal many times is to refuse a gift in, in uh, countries like that. And so I received it and I slipped it on my hand. I slipped it on my hand, and I just began, for the next year or two, began to understand God's grace. Look at what this scripture says. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Like God, God made it known that he desired you and has designed you and called you um, to not just a holy life, but to understand salvation, that it's a gift. It's not from your works. And it was through that small gift in a mission field from a young girl that I really began to understand grace. And so the, the second calling is to salvation, the life that he's called us to eternity, the eternal calling. And that really sets the foundation for every other type of calling and our understanding of that calling. Um, the, the next that I, I would look at here is when I understand, it's when I call someone, like I have nicknames for my kids. Um, some of you might know that my oldest son, I call him Little Meatball. It's like my little pet name for him, Little Meatball. So Beckett, if you want to call him Little Meatball, at some point he'll, 
he'll kind of be like, all right, that's enough of little meatball. Um, but that's kind of my pet name. I've always loved nicknames. Like all my kids' names are longer just so I can shorten them. Like they have to be a name that I could shorten and nickname them something because I just think they're terms of endearment and, and it, it's kind of been that thing for me. And so call him Little Meatball. And when I begin to understand the gift of God, as we see throughout the scriptures, like we no longer take on the identity that we did before. I don't take on the, the identity of a, a slave anymore, a slave to sin. I take on the identity of an heir, a child of God. I don't take on the identity of what I do for a living anymore. I take on the identity as a child of God. I don't take the identity of my shame and my past and my past failures. I take on the identity as a son of God. Like everything, nope, son of God, not that, yep, son of God. Not as a husband, not as a father. My first identity is in Christ as a son of God. And for years, even like in ministry, like preaching on a regular basis, like, I, I, like hey, your identity needs to be in Christ. But then I didn't realize how much my identity was wrapped up in what I did and to a calling is like, what am I going to call you? And God has called you son and daughter as you're invited into the family of God and you receive that gift of just like I slipped it on my wrist. As you do that, you, you no longer identify with the past. Like, and you've st- you're kind of in this weird in-between place that we, we just know in part, but one day we shall know fully, even as we're fully known, that we're in this transformative process being called beyond the temporary earthly things into an eternal mindset, into a kingdom mindset. So that's the third is to call and that he names you and identifies you as a son and a a child of God. But I'm telling you, the enemy will love to just bombard you with every other kind of identity to distract you and to distort the call of God on your life as a son and daughter. Everything, he will throw it all at you to just get your eyes focused a little bit. Nope, it's just going to really be up in my work. It's really going to be in this person that I'm dating. It's really, you know, when we don't say it, we don't consciously begin to put our identity in these things, but slowly that's what happens. As they become our fulfillment of our pain and our joy and not a relationship with Christ. But as our relationship with Christ becomes everything, and sometimes we've got to lose something in order to gain everything. And so I, I just, I want you to hear that today. If, if you feel some things being pulled away from you, just trust God. If you feel some things being ripped away, just trust God because like your identity is being drilled into the ground. But it goes back up to the top, that calling, like be humble enough to receive the word of God. Be humble enough to, to be called and pick up the phone because it's important. And the last one. The last, wait, I think I've got a scripture there we'll, we'll share, I think, in Thessalonians, yeah. Uh, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, that, and that by his power, he may bring to fruition you your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. I really thought I had all these desires and plans and dreams for my life, and I've accomplished very few of them, very few of them things that I thought were important, things that I dreamed for when I was a kid. I won't go into detail all of them, but I had all these dreams of what I would accomplish. And this, this scripture is so important, and I just want to underline that he will make you worthy. You don't make yourself worthy. He will make you worthy. It's, it's, it's obedience to him, and that he brings us to worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. He makes us worthy, and he brings us 
through that. And it's by his power that every desire, I love that, that Psalm 37, that delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and I thought I knew the desires of my heart, but he had in fact planted desires so much deeper that I was never able to utter and put two and two together. I was never able to see 20 years down the road. I could only see in that moment what in my flesh and in my pleasure and in my own desires what I wanted for the future. But when we trust God with the moment every day of, uh, and every moment, when we trust him with that, he begins to fulfill those dreams and those desires that we didn't even know how to dream about. And he has set some of those things in your heart that you couldn't even wrap your brain around because they're so far in the future. But if you'll just be faithful with today, God's going to bring you into some de- desires and you're like, whoa, this is way better than what I had planned. And I, hear, I hear in the room that we're, we're receiving that. And so praise God for that. And let's, let's wrap it up here. The, the last is that he's called us into a life of dedicated service. It's this calling that we don't just receive this identity. We don't just receive this an initial calling. It's not just that first voice. But when we, we, when we pick up the phone and, and we begin to understand the identity that, hey, I'm a son and daughter. At some point we look up and we're like, okay, now what? Now what have you called me to? And as Pastor Tim was saying, this, he's called us. Christ's love compels us to, to go. Our mission statement here is really simple. It's the one that Jesus gave us. We haven't made up anything better than that. Matthew 28, 19, 20, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you until the end of the age. It's that God calls us into a life of dedicated service and devoted service. Let's go ahead and read the scripture, and then I want to f- finish off some of that testimony. This is one of the first scriptures I ever memorized. I press on uh, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's called us. He's called us in, in, into um, doing, I think, great things in his kingdom. And it's not so that we can boast. It's not about us, but it, it's what is compelled up within us that he's called us to, to be about the Father's business. I went on the, my first mission trip when I was like 15, and I've been on one nearly every year since. Um, not every year, but, but almost every year. Every experience, every country, every continent has spoken to me and transformed me in, in different ways. Um, but there was, I believe it was the last time I was in Peru, actually, funny enough, eight years ago. And we were in this community, it was uh, in Chincha, uh, south of Lima, that they had experienced a massive earthquake, like an eight something on the, whatever you call those earthquake things. Um, the Richter scale, there it goes. Um, it was like an eight or something, and it just devastated. Like you went, like there was a building standing here, and then there was three that weren't standing. It was just complete devastation, and we were just ministering in this community. And I, I remember <laughs> in a similar way, that this girl gave me that uh, another young girl came up and asked me for it. This, this piece that had been so sentimental to me, and like, I was like, it was mine. Like, it was so special to me. And like, I wore it on my wrist, like, all through high school and through college, and Taryn saw it when we were married, and I'd still wear it. I was like, all right, grown man with a little girly pink thing. Like, yeah, it meant a lot to me, because it was the moment, like, I understood grace, and I understood the gift of God. 
and, uh, and hear this little girl, just the same like, kind of scenario in the same like, Latin American, Spanish-speaking country asking me for it. And it was like hard. Like I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, what else I got in the bag? Like, and hear like, this moment of, I'm asking you for what's in your hand. I'm asking you for that which you cherish. And that's the call of God of dedicated service. Like it's not, like we begin to just cling to the stuff that we acquire. Like whether that's physical property and stuff or whether that's gifts that we're proud of that we think we're good at. And we're like, no God, I'm gonna do this for you. And like our dreams, we cling to them. And like what God's calling us to, a life of dedicated service is like I don't, I don't go on my own, but I'm just obedient. Like I'm just a, I'm a bond servant that whatever you say, God, I do it at the pleasure and like whatever I have is, is yours and, and I don't know where you're at today, but like I know that like we get caught up with this calling idea as a career, but like calling like infuses career. Like I don't care what you do for a living, like God's calling is with you as a son and daughter and your devoted service to him is present whether you hate your job or you love it or you're jobless. Like God's calling to be a minister of the gospel and God's calling to carry the good news and, and his love it is irrevocable and it's present with you. And so I just want to ask you to stand and this team's going to lead us and I'm going to invite you to the table in just a moment. And a lot of this is just my story, my testimony, because my testimony began in a place like this, but I believe it, it came alive when I stepped out of my comfort zone and God began to break up the soil around it that was so hard, that was so prideful. I mean, I've never known joy since the season that I really let that bracelet go and say, God, whatever you want, it's yours. Whatever you want, it's yours. And that's what God's calling us into. Whatever you want, God, it's yours. Will you just kind of just open your heart to what God's speaking into you right now? God, whatever you want, it's yours. God, I pray for that in this room that we wouldn't just be a bunch of religious folks that pile in and pile out. God, I pray that God, there would be something just alive in us, the power of your spirit, God, engaging us and leading us beyond our comfort zone and beyond these doors and these walls. Like, this isn't the church, God. We are the church. Like, you've called us to go, to be used of you, and I believe you're bringing us into a deeper season of walking out in faith than ever before. God, we just trust you today. We trust you because great is your faithfulness. I know in this room, like, we're in a lot of different places. I, I get that, and I love that. Like, I, I love that. It's the body of Christ. One thing that draws us, and everything gets really even, because many times we think we're at this place in the journey. But I've heard it said before that the, the ground at the foot of the cross is all level. It's all level. We're all sons. We're all daughters. doesn't matter how good you've been this week or ever. doesn't matter how bad you've been this week. If you're a son or daughter, like, it's all level. And when we come to this table every single week, it's a declaration of God's goodness, not our perfection. That this is a grace. Like just like we receive this communion in Jesus' name, it's a, it's a tangible, significant reminder of what Jesus did for us and what he's doing for us. And he's never going to leave us and he'll return for us. So it's a symbol, it's a celebration, it's a remembrance. And so this team's going to lead us just in a great song of calling and, and worship. And, um, and I want to invite you to come. If you don't know Jesus, it's like this is all just kind of talk. You know of him, but you don't know him personally. Like, 
I think today, I think there's a reason you're here today, and I, and I believe that, that God is, is calling you, and it's just a matter of not ignoring the phone today and just saying, man, I don't know where this is going to go, but um, just like the disciples who were like young, burly fishermen with all kinds of baggage, and Jesus just said, just come follow me. That's what Jesus is calling to you today, is come follow him, come follow him. If that's you, we'd love to pray with you just at the crosses today. Uh, and, and just help, help you take the next steps. And so, um, God, just be with your people today. As we come, we come whole, um, humbly and we come boldly, God, because you have made a way for us to come. And we just thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Come as you are, and let's celebrate the, the resurrection.